Welcome back to Messages of Necessity. I'm Ken Girardin, Research Director at the Empire Center for Public Policy. Today, we're going to be chatting with E.J. McMahon, Empire Center's founder and senior fellow. E.J., it's uh, we're going to have a fun conversation today about a consultant report that came out from the New York State Department of Tax and Finance. And this consultant report, I think you would agree, is, is a special one because it was a state agency actually seeming to give a truthful assessment about something state government is doing. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, this was uh, done by a firm called, a fairly well-known finance firm in Philadelphia named called PFM. There was a provision of the 2022 state budget, the budget enacted in 22, which was for fiscal year 23 last year, <clears throat> that required the state Department of Taxation of Finance to do a, a impact analysis of all of the different tax incentive programs that the state offers in the name of economic development. So there's a whole slew of them. Uh, the biggest of which <clears throat> by far is what's called the film production credit, which applies to video, TV, as well as motion picture productions. <clears throat> and in previous years, the state's economic development agency called Empire State Development has done a series of sort of credulous annual cheerleading reports that basically look at total employment uh, by the entertainment industry in New York and say, this is marvelous. This is what the film credit is doing and attributes 100% of what of film productions and TV productions in the state to the film credit. Now, if you are any sort of fan of movies or TV and have, are, are any age beyond much high school, you realize that all sorts of things were produced uh, on an ongoing basis and all sorts of movies have been filmed in New York since the dawn of the entertainment era for over a century. Uh, and that, so the film credit wasn't responsible for them, obviously. In fact, the show that's sort of like in permanent running somewhere in the world as we speak somewhere right now and reruns Law and Order uh, which was filmed on the streets of New York City largely, started more than 10 years before there was any tax break for filming in New York City. Uh, CBS, at enormous expense, retrofitted the Ed Sullivan Theater on Broadway for David Letterman in the early 90s, 10 years before we had a film credit. So it's, uh, there's all sorts of examples that could be used. But what happened is the film industry, motion picture industry, Hollywood basically, got got this great racket going where they kind of leveraged and put pit one state against another. One state started offering refundable tax credits for productions to underwrite production costs. They were off to the races and nobody fell for this more than New York. So what is a refundable tax credit? A refundable tax credit is money you get even if you don't owe taxes. So if you're a company that has no, not, it's got nothing else going on in New York or even an individual, and you're funding a big production in New York, the state will send you a check for up to 30% of your production costs with some exceptions, even if you don't owe taxes. So it's not really a quote unquote tax break, it's a subsidy, which this report we're talking about points out. The state, the amount the state has been spending on this was until recently for more, for more than a decade was pegged at $420 million a year nearly a half billion a year. This is in checks sent to producers. This is not reduced taxes, 
ostensibly. Um, and that by, by itself was the largest film, such film subsidy ongoing basis in the country. Last year, Kathy Hochul and the legislature agreed to increase it to $700 million a year, every year from now through 2034. So there's going to be 11 years of $700 million a year promised on the books. So having spent $7 billion on film credits through last year, the state is now promised to spend nearly $8 billion more in cash, in checks to TV and motion picture production companies from now through 2034. There's just nothing like it. And so what's the argument that's made for it? The industry says, oh, it's great. I mean, we got all these productions being filmed. It's just marvelous. Again, acting as if, if it wasn't for the credit, nothing would be happening. Uh, and in what this study did that we're talking about, the PFM study for the state tax and finance department, which was completed at the end of last year and sort of slipped onto the state website at the beginning of the year, it basically said that, that in fact, it doesn't come close to paying for itself. The guarded language that was used in the bottom line was based on an objective weighting of costs and benefits to film production credit is at best a break-even proposition and more likely a net cost. All of the evidence they cited was the more likely net cost basis. So what's the return on the dollar? In direct state taxes, it's barely a dime a dollar. This is attributing all of the productions to the credit. It re returns basically a dime on the dollar. If you take indirect factors, which is a fairly lenient way of of accounting a whole lot of other stuff that supposedly correct ind contribute indirectly through local taxes in New York City and other places. Put that all in the basket. This thing re returns 31 cents for every dollar we spend on it at best. So that's the definition of something that's not worth it. Uh, they made several other points, uh, some of which are obvious, but which needed stating in an official state report that given our existing workforce and infrastructure in the entertainment industry, most of the economic activity attributed to the credit would happen without it. Um, that the jobs are, yes, high paying, but they're also episodic. That the industry, uh, it goes from project to project. Now, even the most long-lived projects tend to be TV shows that last for a matter of years and then go away. Most of the money is spent um, on, on one-offs and, and on people who work jobs on sort of a craft or contract basis. Uh, so you work one, you you work for six months or three months or whatever um, do, as a guy who does the lighting or or is an expert in some area of production on a movie that's being filmed on location in Brooklyn, and then after that's over, you seek out a job with another film that's being done on location in Long Island. So these are not these are not enduring jobs. They're good jobs and they pay a lot. A lot of them are unionized, and that comes that helps explain why this is even happening why we're spending $700 million a year. You can't, I mean, this, you can't stress this enough. An outflow of $700 million a year, which is a lot even by our standards, because there's a constellation of people. There's production companies, all the usual Hollywood studios, which now include the, the very the key streaming services, Amazon, Netflix, and the like. TV networks, who continue to be big players in that field, uh, last but not least, the real estate um, uh, moguls who own big, who have built and own big studios in New York City and, and get a lot of business out of this. 
Last but not least, there's labor unions who, who have increasing clout in the legislature and had a lot to begin with, particularly Teamsters, who get a lot of work out of, out of uh, trucking stuff around from one place to another, uh, mostly in New York City, because that's the place that movies want to be produced in, but are, you know, elsewhere in the state to a much lesser degree. So, and a lot of these, so, so the Teamsters in particular and other unions connected with, with, with this also make a lot of money off it. And of course, it's got celebrities. Uh, you, you rub noses with the celebrity. We, we have no idea because this doesn't have to be disclosed. But imagine a business that needs to lobby for periodic renewal of a tax giveaway, of a subsidy to itself, that can also at other times say, oh, by the way, Assemblyman Jones, if you happen to be in the neighborhood next week, we'll be filming an episode of, of Blue Bloods uh, on a street near you. Would you like to come by and watch? Would you like to get tickets to, for instance, Saturday Night Live? We don't know the degree to which that's happening, by the way, because tickets uh, are technically free to TV studios, so for to, to a show. I mentioned Saturday Night Live. What's the, what's the opening greeting of Saturday Night Live trademarked almost 50 years ago? The answer, live from New York. Do you realize that we're paying them now $20 million a year on average to, to do that? They're, they're getting a subsidy to be in the city that they made their, their name off of, live from New York. Uh, Blue Bloods, a show that much beloved by my late mother, I remember, she used to watch it. She was watched it like a religious observant every, every week with Tom Selleck as the police commissioner of New York. It's been on for quite a few years now. That's, his iconic sigh. I think they, I think they mic his mustache so you can periodically yeah. hear the, the, <laughs> it's, the dramatic exhalation while he, while he reflects it's, on it's the actually, question. I mean, that's a lot of fans. It's, it's, a, it's, it tends to be a, a people in my generation, in particular, tend to like it. And, and I guess it's kind of a traditional TV police show. Uh, as Law and Order used to say, the rip from the pages from the from the news pages with it, with, assuming there's still pages, and. And that gets that's established in New York. And as long as that show runs, it's been getting typically $20 million a year in subsidies. You're paying for this. So you're saying there was no danger it was going to move to Louisiana, which no, I mean, what gonna, I mean, like, look, started this whole mess. I mean, what happened was in the 70s, Kojak, if you're old enough to remember Kojak, who was Telly Savalas played this detective, he would he would suck on a lollipop and say, who loves you, baby? Uh, I won't imitate Telly Savalas, but if you remember, Telly was he was famous for this bald, tough guy. And it said it was a detective in a New York precinct. They used to film some scenes in New York City. This is the early 70s. This show was on for a while. And then to save money, they moved, they moved their location shooting, their outdoor shooting to Toronto, famously. And this was seen as, oh, it's another sign of New York City's decline. It's so expensive here that Kojak can't even film on our streets. Now, what, whether, why this was a big deal was another was another question, okay? Um, but ever since then, people have been saying, we got to make this a more affordable place to film movies. Again, this conversation occurs almost entirely in New York City. Um, and so the film credit, again, they, it started up in states that have no particular reason to attract film productions. If, if you are... If you are West Virginia or Georgia, particularly say a place like West Virginia or rural Pennsylvania, you are you're offering a sort of a generic rural or small town ambiance to somebody who's got a movie set in a rural area or a small town. So you pick them instead of upstate New York or Massachusetts or Indiana because they're offering you a subsidy. That's part of how it started. 
Canada started offering subsidies too, even though they have a, cons a considerable currency exchange edge. So we got into this game, and again, it just exploded here. It started out modest in the latter years of the Pataki administration, 04, 05, and it just soon reached this $400 million level. It was so politically sacrosanct that in the worst fiscal crisis the state has, has experienced in recent history, which was when Dave, right when David Patterson became governor in 08, 09, the state suspended payment and reimbursement of every tax incentive on the books, except this one. It was not, it, it kept flowing. So that's how important it is to the, to the political class to keep the money flowing to Hollywood East. And so this report is, I mean, it should have added significance due to its provenance. Unfortunately, you wonder whether it will because it's got so many friends for so many obvious reasons. And you and you left out one of the uh, one of the ingredients to the film credit dynamic, besides labor unions and celebrities, and uh, you know, and the studios. You left out gullible lawmakers, who oh, yes. were, were content <laughs> to accept the premise that yes. nothing film in New York ever again were it not for this subsidy. I want to encourage people to check out your blog post from February twelfth, where you laid out uh, in great detail the numbers behind this. But one thing that really struck out at me struck to me was. The $7.7 billion total price tag of what the state had had late, had shelled out for film and TV subsidies, even before the, the film credit got hiked. Oh, to it was $7 billion even before the latest increase. Now yeah, that's two Tappanzee bridges. That's like, I mean, just to put, to put that in, in context for people, that's like that's like two Tappanzee bridges almost. Right. Yes. And Yes, um, one, which like, we I, didn't pay for in cash, by by the way. It's, being, right. it's, being, it's debt being paid off in tolls. But anyway, go. Uh, but it also, uh, I, I uh, going back to the Pataki years, um, Dave Catalfamo, who was one of the economic development officials for Pataki, right. when the film credit, then $25 million per year was getting airborne. Yeah. Even he's looked back at it retrospectively and said, film, you know, these sorts of credits are supposed to build permanent infrastructure where right. the industry will survive without that support. And right. anytime anyone talks about trimming the film credit, and you'll remember Cuomo cut the film credit very slightly in 2020, slightly. When the bottom fell out of the state budget. And you heard this this braying from Western yes. New York yes. about, dear God, no one will ever film in New York ever again if yeah. we only pick up 25% of the costs right. and not 30%. And it, it bears noting to people that about 90% of the film credit flows to filming in New York City. It's right. not this isn't something that's really helping upstate. You you end up with pockets of stuff and Cooperstown is the latest spot where we've heard the local lawmakers say, my God, how great is it? We're going to have a hundred people working on a crew for a few days yeah. filming here in the you know right. iconic Otsego County countryside. And right. it doesn't justify 700 million because what could, what else could you be doing with that 700 million? Even well, if you see, that's the thing that's, this is a constant problem with lawmakers when they, when they advance a pet project. And they say, yes, it'll cost X, but think of what we'll get from it. And the thing that's never considered is, well, what could be done with X if we weren't doing this, whether it, whether it's a reduction in taxes and fees or an expenditure on something else? And you mentioned there's a couple of things. There were several major supposed big development projects, including a almost laughable proposal that was constantly advanced with straight faces by state officials for a major film studio near Syracuse, which vaporized within a few years. It's almost forgotten now. 
I think there was something else being talked about in Buffalo that recently uh, filtered away. And the problem that state lawmakers have is the upstaters noticing that this is going mainly to New York City for what I think should be obvious reasons. They keep, they keep wanting to prod and amend the thing into offering higher reimbursements, which it does for productions upstate as if it's a big going to be a big boost to the upstate economy. And it won't be. As we're noting, these are temporary projects. Even projects like, say, Blue Bloods, you're not going to have a show like Blue Bloods settling in, anchoring itself, and producing you know, eight or nine or ten years of a TV series in Syracuse. They're going to do it in New York Oh, uh, here come the letters. Well, right. Okay, okay. I'll, I'm sorry. I meant Rochester. I mean, or a place like Utica. All right. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So, and, and it's always, so it's a distraction when it comes, but it's just not a big deal. And again, we're paying for it. We're, there should be at the very, at the very least, we should legislate that, that in the credits at the beginning and end of each of these films before anybody else, it should be say, the producers greatly acknowledge the massive amount of money contributed to this project by the taxpayers of New York State. And now, we can have a montage of all the unfilled potholes and other state priorities. Yes. Yeah, right. Unfilled. I mean, just... I mean, here's an example. I mean, one other thing they talk about um, that, that comes up is there are, again, I've told you, one of the big promoters of this, among the largest promoters of this are the guys who own the studios, the major studio physical infrastructure in New York City. Now, some of these studios had actually been developed before the film credit, but one of the bigger, one of the bigger ones, some of the bigger ones have expanded or were built since the film credit was beefed with up. With state aid that you didn't count in your 7.7 .7 billion. With state aid not oh. counted in that. Now, but and city tax breaks too. But here's the thing. If there ever was an argument for the film credit, like the early argument was, you know, the race to the top or bottom, depending on how you look. Was, well, we have to offer the film credit because other states are offering it. Well, you now have an even more, even bigger, more expansive filmmaking and TV show making infrastructure in New York City than you did before the credit. It, there should be a point at which somebody could reasonably say, all right, let's stop now. We've got all this studio space. It's all, we've already, to the extent it has financed anything permanent, it's financed expansions of existing studio space and production facilities in New York City. That's now there, and that is not replicated anywhere in the country outside of California. Uh, which of course has now has its own film credit. If there's ever a time to stop, this is well past that point, but it could be, be more justified than ever now. Um, and that's, you know, what obviously you don't see happening. You see the opposite arguments made. Well, so in, let me give you an example of how, how money could be spent, by the way. Right now, there are, there are organizations lobbying in Albany. They just had a big press conference this week saying we need more tax credits for families. We should be helping families. This is a, an Albany version of it, of an argument of, or a debate that's being had in Washington. There's a case to be made for increasing credits for children, say tax credits, refundable tax credits for children. You could just about double <clears throat> the tax credit, the state's existing tax credit for, for children, which peaks at $333 a kid with the money that they spend on this film credit. And, and I mean, you could, but the kids don't pay dues. And well, that, yeah. I don't think I mean, any of them can get the governor an Emmy award. So a middle-class family with three kids, you know, you're talking about a thousand dollars, which would mean a lot. Um, let me give you another example. Just pulled from random. There's almost, all, you, there's no limit to what you can cite. The state now borrows over $500 million every year, borrows it, bonds it, $500 million a year 
to as aid to local highway and bridge improvements. Now, all you could it's called CHIPS, Comprehensive Highway Improvement Pro Program, CHIP. It borrows that money and it borrows so much that it for many years now has had almost an equilibrium where it has 500 million plus in debt service on chip bonds and 500 million dollars in money going out the door for these things. You could eradicate the borrowing and with a piece of the film credit money, simply fund your aid for local highway improvements on a pay-as-you-go basis, which is what the state does, by the way, with school buildings. That's just one example of what you could do with this money. Um, or you could you could finance a, a, a partial rollback of the increase in corporate taxes that was passed in 2021, um, for instance. There's, again, any number of things could be done with $700 million that would be more beneficial to the state than simply handing it to Hollywood East. Well, and just to, to wrap up here on a high note, um, one way that you could crack down on this would be with an interstate compact, getting yes. getting states to say, well, we'll all stop this at once if enough right. of us or enough of the big actors can agree to all stop doing this at once. And there was a proposal from Senator Julia Salazar a few years yes. ago. That yes, there was. And, and I've got to say, it's very interesting to see the better ideas on this front coming from progressive Democrats compared to basically, you know, what's what is largely, with few exceptions, been radio silence from conservative Republicans. Uh, well, you know, I mean, Rob Orr is an exception. There are exceptions to that. I mean, Julia Salazar is, is, is a socialist. I mean, in fact, a self-described Marxist. Now, I'm not sure if you went to her and said, how about we get rid of the film credit that she'd give the same answer? Because a lot of her colleagues, a lot of her progressive DSA colleagues, and, and their best friend in the Senate leadership, um, Senator Gianaris from, from uh, Western Queens, they make a big exception for the film credit. They're big fans of the film credit. So you'll also often see organizations on the left attacking uh, the state's tax and lesser tax incentives that the state has, and also attacking all the things that industrial development agencies do locally, the property tax breaks, et cetera. Now that's another subject, and a whole lot of that is also ripe for criticism. There's no question it should be criticized. But there's note the strategy here. <clears throat> the film credit is the film credit, which is again can't be repeated enough, 700 million a year in cash outflow, is lumped in with scores of other programs that all combined don't have a budgetary impact state and local of 700 million dollars a year. And and so and and so they're all talked about as if they're equal when in fact the big one the really big one now especially now is the film credit. So to give you one last comparison, people are, are kind of outraged at the large amount of money that the state is 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 spending to subsidize the construction of a new stadium for the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. I forget what the number I lost track of what the number is. It's well over a half billion. It's but it's it's a lot of money. It's a capital project grant funded by debt that doesn't, you know, debt is real too. But this thing is every year is basically spending the cost of the state's share of a new stadium in Buffalo every year or two, going out now to 2034 in cash. Right. Again, pick your local giveaway outrage, whether it's state or local. And this is several multiples of that. 
And so it really, it, it, it deserves to get attention. And groups that claim to be posturing that, that they're enemies of corporate welfare and they, they want to have this sort of moral posture of being opposed to subsidies of the corporate world. Um, I, you know, frankly, they don't deserve to be taken seriously unless they zero in on this. Because when they lump this in with everything else, um, they're basically giving cover to it. They it just you're making the film credit part of a group of other things, not all of which are as big a waste as the same study we're talking about found. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for joining us, EJ. I want to encourage folks to check out your article. I want to encourage folks to check out this this really, really refreshing consultant report. I think Governor Hochul deserves tremendous credit for letting this thing ever see the light of day. And uh, hopefully it inspires folks in Albany to rethink the way they've been doing this stuff. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on it. We'll have you back on soon to talk again about more parts of this report. Um, in the meantime, thank you again for joining us. Please share these episodes. Please subscribe and continue checking out and supporting our work at EmpireCenter.org. Um, until then, uh, podcast adjourned. For more news and analysis, visit our website and sign up for email updates at EmpireCenter.org. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Empire Center.